Hey there, classmates. Thanks for downloading Middle Class Film Class. You are listening to one of our early episodes, which means the audio quality was not good, plus we had no drops or phone calls. After episode 17, Idiocracy, we upgraded equipment and began playing the intro, music, and a trailer live like a radio show. If the sound quality or pacing of the show is jarring, just skip to a later episode. It gets better. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to Middle Class Film Class Podcast. I'm Peter. I'm Joseph. And I'm Tyler. And today, the Wheel of Destiny landed on my pick, Stoker. India, come and say hello to your Uncle Charlie. Hello, India. I'm curious about what happened to my father. You have no idea. All right, well, I'm really excited to get your guys' take on this. I know neither of you have seen this, and this is a movie that I like to throw out to people at recommendations because it's kind of a weird, weird one um but before all that we got our streaming picks so uh tyler do you want to give us your streaming pick for the week yes my streaming pick for this week is the game starring 1997 and by the way you all just lost <laughs> starring 1997 <laughs> 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 oh damn the game we lost yeah i lost damn it uh <laughs> Damn it, but for real, the, the game, uh, made in 1997, starring Michael Douglas, directed by David Fincher. Uh, I really, it's just a straight entertaining movie. And if you haven't seen it, you're really in for a treat because it is a roller coaster of a film. Beautifully shot, well acted. And I just, I love Michael Douglas going through hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> He plays it so well. Have you guys seen the game? I have not um, seen the game. I need to rewatch it. I've seen it a long time ago before my like um Oh nice. <clears throat> if you don't remember it then that's a good thing because once you like rewatch it you're like, Oh shit <laughs> I remember I remember the bit near the end when he finally gets kinda of back home. No spoilers on this, um, but there's a gun involved and he finally gets back home and yeah and, yeah and and i was i was like oh that's kind of a double cross and i also remember him waking up in mexico <laughs> and i thought i thought man there's a few times where i thought about that scene when i thought if i woke up in this foreign land i was in now and i and i had no money and and nothing to my name would i be able to survive and make it back home you know, begging off of people's kindness or whatever yeah um, it's a good yeah, it's that's yeah, it's a good just like a it's a good head scratcher. Uh, it's a really fun ride. Uh, no animals die in this, and um, hmm. so uh, yeah. The, Are there animals in this? I don't. Maybe birds or something. I don't know. I, I just wanted <laughs> to, birds in the background. I th- because I was just harking on my last recommendation for the thing, which I kind of realize now that that recommendation like if you don't if you're not into animal deaths like you definitely but this game well, doesn't have any animal deaths so we're good i think i think we properly prepared our audience for what was to come in the thing yeah. <laughs> in regards to animal death. true so yeah i don't know if i i don't know if i prepared our audience for what they're supposed to be experiencing in uh, stoker though no so. no not even myself <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, the game uh, streaming on uh, Netflix uh, right now. So, uh, yeah, uh, Joseph, what is your streaming pick for this week? 
Um, my streaming pick for this week is also on Netflix. It is uh, not a movie. It is a uh, documentary series uh, called Dark Tourist. And Ooh, it is yes. made by David Ferrier, uh, who also made a documentary in 2016 called Tickled. Tickled. Um, which which I have I have uh, With an exclamation point. <laughs> I have yet to see. Um, oh, it's great! But uh, it looks very interesting. And uh, um, this is uh, follows David Ferrier as he travels to different parts of the world that are off the beaten path. Um, as you could say, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. For example, there is he goes uh, to Brazil, and he, um, uh, I think, uh, is it? Um, so like voodoo shit. No, there's some voodoo stuff in it. There, there, there's voodoo, but not in Brazil. It's a uh, what's his name? Um, not El Chapo, but um, Anthony like Bourdain. A dr- like a drug, like. Like a drug oh, cartel, um, oh, um, pa- Pablo, no, Pablo Escobar. Escobar. So he goes and take the, the Pablo Escobar's um, like personal hitman uh, slash bodyguard gives uh, tours of of the residence in which he lived, which Pablo Escobar lived, and he talks about everything that he did, and um, he has like some sort of he like uh, has like simulations almost of um, of like executions that he did while he worked for Pablo Escobar and um what like it, with like real life actors yeah with like his his people that works for him and what then he the also fuck? has That's he has so lots like a he's a YouTube uh sensation I guess and uh, he's got a the hitman yeah the hitman he's a he's got a following um there's another uh episode where they take a tour of a of uh Jeffrey Dahmer um Jeffrey oh, I, I think I get where this mood of the show is going. It's like the, uh, like... Yeah, it's, they're the dark tourist destinations around the globe that you may want to go to, but you have to have a, a macabre uh, desire. Yeah, yeah. like uh, going to, like, the Amityville Horror House or something like that, right? Exactly. All right. Yeah, kind of a little bit more. There's, like, some... Uh, there's a tour where they... Uh, the JFK assassination. There's a... There's, tours of uh of like the roots of the jfk assassination like there's a guy who has the same exact vehicle that jfk was in when he was assassinated and they drive Whoa. they take the exact same really? route really i didn't i thought that would be like in some sort of like warehouse shit like in no. indiana jones style no i'm pretty sure that was like a 57 lincoln continental convertible yeah and then there's another version of the tour where it's more of like a party bus there's like two of these like beer bike kind of things and they're like having a good time to go out at night and they're like there's like music playing they're like having a good time but it's like about the JFK assassination. Dude, <laughs> that's awesome. I want to do that. Yeah, and then there's like international stuff where he goes to uh uh Chernobyl. Um oh, yeah, they they go into uh, into like a actual you have to have be like sign waivers that you're going into radiation. Um, yeah zone still yeah there's they have geiger meters still at, like active to like determine what parts of the area you're in have more radiation than this areas that you're in currently it's it's a pretty it's a good show i it, saw it a few a few years back it's uh yeah it's really really um um interesting and i was uh, i mean from the first episode i was enthralled and uh i we me and deanna finished the the season in like two days it's only eight episodes 
Um, but it's it's a really really interesting travel show, and I highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in um, shows about traveling. And this is sort of a, a different take on that on that genre of documentary. Um, so so yeah, if you like Guy Ferrari, you'll love Dark Tour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you like Diner Darvins and Dives. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Dark Tours is on Netflix. Um, Peter, what is your streaming pick? Before I get to my streaming pick, I'm going to piggyback on what you said and t- tell people you should, if you have a, a built the ability to go watch Tickled, sorry, Tickled, <laughs> then you should you should absolutely go see. It's got an exclamation point on the end, so you got to say it with. <laughs> um, the uh, absolutely go see that. It is bananas, and I think that's. <laughs> That's probably what put David Ferrier on the map to the rest of the world because he's an Australian journalist that kind of um, New Zealand. He's on. a Kiwi. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're New Zealand, not mm-hmm. Australian. You could like make it like a sketch, too. like someone's like in a like a library or something. It's like, have you ever seen the documentary Tickled before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting. It's it's about competitive tickling competitions. Oh my god. That, <laughs> yeah. that that they actually are a cover for some sort of like gay sex ring <laughs> holy shit yeah i, I it I, is nuts. i do really want to watch it but i haven't uh gotten around to it i don't know where you can even find it to be honest but it is worth the watch it gets it's weirder and weirder and I, after watching tickle and dark tourist <laughs> i followed apparently it's on, on facebook oh really oh cool according to just watch sometimes it's not that accurate but yeah, according to it is it is on Hulu. David Ferrier is a good person to follow on Facebook too, because he'll give periodic updates to some of his his stories that he followed. So he gives updates to the guy uh, from that documentary and, and the and also from some of the places he went to during Dark Tourist. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's kind of kind of cool. You get a little follow up with the uh, if you follow him on social media, David Ferrier. All right, my streaming pick for this week is a classic that I feel like everyone in our audience has probably watched um, and if you haven't I mean do it now but I rewatched it recently and it holds up big time uh, it's um, 1999's The Matrix yes. um, by <clears throat> yeah by the Wachowski brothers now the Wachowski sisters <laughs> I forgot mm-hmm. about that <laughs> <laughs> um, of Cloud Atlas fame so the so the matrix holds up big time it's it's in the pantheon of movies that people take for granted Mm -hmm. it's it's in its era there was nothing like it everything had there there were tons of movies that tried to be futuristic and um groundbreaking a la hackers or lawnmower man i love hackers (laughs) i love hackers too (laughs) yeah acid burn um so but it was I, I watched this in theaters with my older cousin Jeremy, who's like my brother, and he was four years older than me. He kind of was my shepherd into the nerd life, and um, <clears throat> we watched it in theaters, and it hundred percent blew my mind, my thirteen year old mind or twelve or however however old I was at the time. It was groundbreaking. It was revolutionary. It was a completely great spin and take and on this you know, um, our reality is false idea, Yeah. but in a digital world when in the year 2000 or 1999, that was not a very widespread or prevalent, yeah. um, concept. So it introduced that kind of, um, <clears throat> idea to the masses 
and it 100% holds up today. Oh, so, I agree completely. I, I, I love The Matrix. I, I mean, I even... People give a lot of shit to the sequels, and yep. they're, I mean, story-wise, you could say that they're not as, uh, uh, I don't know, polished as, as the first one, um, but uh, they're, they're very, very entertaining movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I still like the second number two and number three. I mean, I, I mean, I love Reloaded, and people uh, really don't <laughs> like the the video game Mr. Smith fight scene with Neo in the park. <laughs> I and thought that was cool. But yeah, so as a kid, when I saw it, when it when it came out, and I saw it in theaters, I was like, "This is awesome!" Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And the it was the freeway scene with the the twins. Oh um, yeah, the ghost twins. Yeah, and did you know that they built that freeway no shit the freeway yeah. is is a set the whole freeway is a set piece yeah it's not it's not super long but they reuse um you know bits from it but it is absolutely yeah it's it's a it's a freeway set piece with a i think a green screen around it yeah it's a it's a large it's a large huge set piece, piece. It's awesome <clears throat> yeah and you know i enjoy the the, the fighting in those movies is 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 awesome especially Very well especially, choreographed especially when it's like real when it's like not cg yeah when, yeah. when you can like, especially like the opening of matrix reloaded between <clears throat> the two agents and uh i can't remember who they're fighting is it neo they're fighting yeah i think so um but like it's, just it's like hard, it's hard to go ahead that the, like when the the impact of the hands on the chest and like you see all the dust flying yeah. and the sound effects it's i think it's i think that's really well done in my opinion yeah, they, uh, there was the choreo- uh, choreography, dance slash fight choreography. It's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, was amazing. The CGI in just about every part except for the multiple Smiths mm-hmm. was was fantastic. Yeah, you know, and even was, for the time the, though, it was still impressive. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But anyways, it's streaming on Netflix right now in 1999's The Matrix. I don't need to say anything more about it, but. I would encourage our listening audience to give it a re-listen or, or re-watch. I don't think the sequels are on there. Um, they but, might be. Uh, I think they might be. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not too sure. They just wanted remember. to give you a taste. Just a taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so those are our streaming picks. Um, <clears throat> you guys ready to get into the meat and potatoes? Stoker. I think so. Stoker. Stoker. <clears throat> um, Stroker. So, <laughs> so this uh this week we're diving into Stoker 2013 directed by Chan Wook Park uh written by Wentworth Miller whose name you probably won't uh recognize or see again maybe he seems like his credentials are not as uh robust as Chan Wook Park. Mm-hmm. Um if you like if you like this movie you probably would enjoy um Old Boy. He also directed Thirst and The Handmaiden. Mm-hmm. Which is on my list that I missed um, from 2016, The Handmaiden. Yeah. Um, starring Mia Wasikowska as a 17 year old India Stoker, Nicole Kidman as her mother, and Matthew Good as her mysterious Uncle Charlie that she just met at the funeral for her father on her 17th birthday. You mean Indiana Jones? <coughs> yes. <laughs> Indy. Indiana. India was Stoker. just what her dad called her, but her full birth, her Christian name. Is Indiana Jones, <laughs> Indiana Jones Stoker? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I I feel like naming naming your child India is something that like a maybe a Korean person thought an American upper crust family would do. Yeah, <laughs> but it is it is weird enough to be like a uh, upper echelon um, bourgeoisie 
<laughs> name, yeah. name the kids. <laughs> um, so this this movie's a, a total drama, family family drama, um, kind of set in like a. I don't know what state it's supposed to be in, but I was kind of thinking Virginia, I think Connecticut, it's Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania yeah. actually, because, uh, yeah, Pennsylvania, yeah, Pennsylvania. Is it? Does it say that anywhere? It does. In the uh, on the uh, the letters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Crawford, yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania. At least, at least that's where that's where that he was. Oh yeah, he was two states so, away though. Oh, so they, they, okay. They must be in the in the area somewhere in there in the, in the East Coast, New England, Northern kind of whatever. Yeah. Um. And I kind of touched on it before, but the, the intro to the movie is it's India's eight, 17th birthday, Mia Wasikowska, and she, on her 17th birthday, she hears, gets the news that her father dies in a mysterious car crash two states away, and no one's quite sure why it happened or how it happened, but um, the catalyst to all of the drama is that at the funeral, they're having it in her home her mother has all the family over and all the friends and all these uh, Republicans here in, at their house. <laughs> all, these, all, these, all these wasps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely wasps. And Protestants. And, <laughs> and she sees her uncle, played by Matthew Good. Uh, Ozymandias. He, Charlie, Charlie Stoker, Uncle Charlie. And he is um, attractive and well put together and confident. He makes direct eye contact for uncomfortably long amounts of time <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's the only one in the in the at the funeral who's not wearing black he's wearing yeah. a tan blazer um it's a tan herring tan herring yeah a tan herring like a red herring but tan oh but I, I I mentioned it before in last week's um, when talking about this. But every shot is composed, um, or every scene is, has uh, one, some beautiful composition that you can mm-hmm. kind of pull one or two, uh, you know, um, frames out of just about any scene that would be a beautiful um, landscape or a desktop background or something like that because it's um, it's very well composed. Yeah, um, for sure, especially in the the intro of the movie. Like, of her Kinda. running through the forest and stuff. Like, she stops yeah. at, like, the perfect spots. Like, I... It kind of... Kind of reminded me of, like, a Lars von Trier intro. Yeah, mm. especially with the just camera, not, like, down low, too. Like, by yeah. her legs. Not, uh... Just not quite as stylized. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... If if anyone... If you if you are accustomed to Korean cinema, if, if this, the movie is shot very much like a Korean movie... Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of lingering shots on like wide open fields, yeah. Um, dissolved transitions from like her brushing her mother's hair into the long grass. That, that was that was the that was smooth. Yeah, that, that was super, that was like wh- when smooth. when when I when I saw that I was like I told Tyler I was like I bet you when the editor made this transition <laughs> I bet he, he fucking he stood up out of his chair and was like. Oh, <laughs> that's the stuff. <laughs> He's like, anybody see that? Yeah, Are you guys Talking watching about, I mean, this right now? I'm earning that raise. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what I, that's what I would do whenever I make I guess, a seamless cut like that. It's like, oh yeah, that's the stuff. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of that. There's a the only one that didn't really work for me was when she's cutting the hard or breaking up the hard boiled eggs and she holds the egg up and then it transitions to her eye. Yeah, there's a little, little, little bit. Of yeah, a stretch. there was, 
there were some questionable transitions in there. Um, <laughs> there was there was yeah. one where it was like she's like on the bus after the uncle is driving next to the bus, mm-hmm. and then like it transitions into her like she's walking, mm-hmm. but it's like she's like walking on the road. Yeah. Oh yeah, she, and then, yeah. And then the rest of it dissolves in. I'm like, oh, she's at home now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was interesting. <laughs> so what did you, what's your guys' first opinions on this? Neither of you have seen this before this week, right? Yeah, yeah. I um, yeah. definitely have not seen this movie. Uh, for me, I really, really enjoyed this movie. It, every, it felt like every like act in, was like a really good twist to keep you in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dialogue is written really well, and that Mia Wakakowski... <laughs> Wasakowska. Wasakowska. She's she's charming. She's a really charming actor. Like even for someone who's trying to play the least charming person possible, like it was Mm -hmm. like she like like she was very a big part of scenes, even when she was so small in the frames. Yeah, she's captivating for sure. Yeah. yeah, very. I like the twists and turns. The dialogue was really well done. Uh, I don't know. I, what did you? You liked this movie, right, Joseph? I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. Um, I'm kind of. I was. I'm kind of warm on it. I, it wasn't uh, anything. Um, I think uh, spectacular. But I there are some really good scenes in it, and the writing is really well written. Um, there was some stuff that was it was just like kind of a questioning questioning thing like i just kind of like why why like kind of like why do they do that why especially there that one scene with the uh with whip mm-hmm. the kid named whip oh yeah whip <laughs> and another <laughs> koreans trying to put an american <laughs> name <laughs> out there yeah and um i thought his the his uh demise that whole scene um with him and uh Mia Wawakasak Wachowski Wachowski when so when he like kind of turns like oh he's a piece of shit yeah and uh and then Matthew Good or Charlie shows up mm-hmm. and um he kind of saves her I suppose kind of I, I guess uh, I mean, he knew beat. like what yeah. was going on the whole time. He was like watching this shit unfold. Well, he was yeah. he was watching when she was getting, a, you know, bullied at school or beat up at school almost. He was wa- yeah. watching from a distance just, just to let her make her own decisions. Yeah. yeah. Just there's just the just like the. I mean, we don't know Whip that well. We don't know his character at all. He's in two scenes, maybe. Yeah. And and the move that he makes after he gets like tied up and thrown on the ground. And he like he like trips her and then he attacks her and tries to strangle her. Yeah. While the other like while he knows this other guy is there, it just seems like uh, pointless to do that. If you know you're you're gonna be overpowered, you're outnumbered, and there's no way you would succeed at whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, I think I think that that one decision from that character was the one um, plot device that didn't quite work 100. percent That was definitely a slave to the the need to put him in a position where he was going to get his uh meet his untimely demise from yeah. from Uncle Charlie. Um, yeah. There was also there was also this element that I thought was going to pan out um some sort of supernatural 
connection between Charlie and uh, India. Yeah, it that's what like I thought the, too. It seemed like there was some sort of mental connection somehow with like telepathy. It seemed like the that's the way, that's how it was portrayed to me. I hmm. that's I how mi- I missed that. Thought what, about it. What, so what uh, what parts were were leaning into that? Just like because in the beginning she has this monologue where she talks about she can hear things and see things that other people can't see. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like it seems like he also can do that because mm-hmm. it seems like he he always knows when she's around and looking at him, even though she's you know two stories up and looking down and he's like working on the yard or something, and um, she she can also hear him when she he's talking to the Mrs. Uh, what's her name McGarrick, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I guess it came down to like she was had, was just a good hunter and could has like could well yeah. channel her I think her that, hunter hunting abilities. I think that the the connection they were trying to make was that when he when she finds so she she finds out that he's been in a mental institution this whole time, not not mm-hmm. traveling the world as as he says um, her whole childhood, and, and she finds all these letters that he's been incessantly writing to her and um he mentions multiple times in letters that we share the same blood and i think what happened is that charlie got word that he has a niece he he has this young india who's his older brother has uh you know birthed yeah that's what kind of got me too i was just like how did you know he had a niece well, that Mrs. McGarrick was telling him she's when they're arguing before yeah. he kills her. She's like, "I've been your eyes and ears. I've been your yeah. boots on the ground." Yeah. Oh, and, she, and she's she's been. I think she has a soft spot for Charlie because she probably helped raise Charlie in one of those households. The housekeeper mm-hmm. generally will stay mm-hmm. across generations. Yeah, um, if they're good, and um, he probably she's probably been updating him, Charlie, along the progress and say, "Oh yeah, India's great and." You know what we were realizing as she gets older, she's a lot like you. She's um, she shares the same characteristics and tendencies that you do, and and yeah. she and looks kind that, of like a killer. So. Yeah, she seems like she wants to murder small animals. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and to to the father's credit, you know, one way to handle that, um, you know, a child that's maybe not going down the path that you want is to channel that into a different avenue. You know, take that energy and her tendencies and put it into hunting, and she. She he allows her yeah. that creative outlet to do something bad so that you prevent yourself from doing something worse in the future. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I think that that whole connection that they had was just that this that 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 uh, killer spirit, that psychopathic ten- tendency, was uh, yeah. was passed to her, and her and Charlie are the only two that have it. So he wanted to bond mm. with her. Well, you know the some of the shots especially in the beginning with charlie it seemed very lucifer like you know what i mean like he was like the snake in the garden yeah he's menacing for sure uh it it, like there was just a whole bunch of tension every time he was in a scene like especially Mm -hmm. because you don't know who he is he's just standing on some sort of uh gravestone watching the funeral as it happens yeah. Uh, so it was. I like how they created a very unnerving f- 
feeling every time he was in a scene like every time he was especially every time he was with a woman because you're led to believe that this guy has killed the house maid mm-hmm. and then i mean eventually and then aunt jenny yeah eventually you find out he kills her but like before like i think you find out the housemaid's head is in the freezer of the house before mm-hmm. you know that he kills Aunt Ginny. I think it's kind of right around the same time. It's around the same time. Yeah, it's all kind of... It's like a sequence. Mm-hmm. And that's it's what I liked up. about this movie, too, is just because it was like... It, it it turned you one way, and then it turned you the next way. Like, it was just like... It was just tying all these loose ends, like, left and right. Like, it was great. I really dig the aesthetic throughout the movie, too. It's it's um It's definitely upper crust. It's um, yeah, yeah. how the other half lives. And it's funny, there's a little throwaway line when um, Uncle, or the father, Richard, who's uh, dead through the most mo- movie, you only see him as uh, through flashbacks. He's going to pick up his brother, Charlie, from this mental institution, and the lady who's escorting him onto the ground says, um, she says, oh, it's been 20 years since your family donated this building to us. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, they're really rich. Jesus. Yeah. They're really rich. Um, yeah, well, he said, I mean, he can afford an apartment in New York. Yeah, for his brother. For his brother, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, I, I really dig his, I mean, if he wasn't well put together, if he was just a sloppy, tousle-haired, unshowered, oh, yeah. unkempt Uncle Charlie that walked through the door. Just a creepy like, Uncle Charlie. Yeah, your creepy Uncle Charlie. He's the, the bully from It. In part two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, it's 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 funny. There's a there's a, a hilarious Saturday Night Live um, bit um, where they talk about sexual harassment at work, and it's Fred Armisen coming on to Tina Fey in a, in a workplace, mm-hmm. and he he comes in and he's just kind of a weirdo, and he's like, "Hey, how you doing? It, you know, you look great today." And she picks up the phone to call HR instantly, and then <laughs> Tom Brady Tom Brady walks around the cu- cubicles and does the same thing. Except gropes her afterwards. He's like, hey, you look great today. Let's go on a date. And then, like, grabs her. <laughs> and she's like, oh, awesome. How about Friday? <laughs> and it's it's like he's – Matthew Good is a very attractive-looking man. He's got yeah. his his shit together. Yeah. He's got the nice cashmere sweater and the um, – Tan uh, pants. Tan, tan, tan pants. He's, 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 the Jaguar. Yeah, the drop-top Jaguar. The scene when he's following the school bus um, – home from school and all the girls are oh, like yeah. fan, oh my god they're like fangirling over him and <laughs> and he just looks over he pulls up next to the bus and he gives a smile and all the girls are like, oh my god they, they all <laughs> squeal with delight it yeah. cracked me up but it's like if he was a dumpy 35 pound overweight you know un, unwashed <laughs> unwashed unwiped and bedabbled yeah. he would be <laughs> he wouldn't have the same yeah, you wouldn't have the same uh, welcome uh, from anyone, really. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it kind of plays on his sociopathic side, too, because he knew, like, he had to, like, fit into a certain mold to be accepted. Yeah, pa- Patrick Bateman. Yeah, it was very Bateman-like, for sure. <laughs> I wonder I wonder how it would have played out if they made his character more um, likable, like, in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of, like, us being suspicious of him right away. Yeah. You know, like, it was, um, like, it, how that bus scene would have played out differently if uh, India was 
like she's like oh there's my uncle he's so cool <laughs> like instead of, instead of like oh my god here's my creepy ass uncle <laughs> um i i also wonder um if the whole the whole uh part of the story where he is an immense mental institution if that was like not part of the story at all if it was just um like him he was gone because he had an affair with her mom and like they he has a connection because they're direct directly related but she's under the impression that he's his he's her uncle hmm. oh. i wonder how that would have been hmm. different that is interesting um, you know because obviously she has an infatuation with him evelyn yeah uh from the get-go mm-hmm. like right away at the day of the funeral you look like my <laughs> husband she's a shitty wife though shitty wife and a sh- shitty mother yeah this yeah. scene the scene when uncle charlie cooks them all dinner and she's uh, complimenting him on his cooking skills he's like he's like oh, i remember when richard used to do this for me he used to cook for us or he used to cook for me all the time like this do you remember that india and knowing that it was before she was yeah. born and she goes oh that's right that's before you were born like <laughs> like it's been so long since that shithead husband who of mine who just died used to it's cook been. for me <laughs> even though i'm have no job sitting at home in this mansion and waiting on my housekeeper to make me something which was hilarious yeah. when they realize the housekeeper's gone and she's like what are we to do <laughs> <laughs> so when we were when Pete, when you said uh, something about the aesthetic of the movie, I thought of something because in this movie, Richard is an architect. So, yeah. I, art vandalized. I think <laughs> that he was, you know, per, I think the the set was purposely designed to be someone who would be an architect who would have like an upper class home and stuff Mm -hmm. like with like the round boulders boulders. and like the oversized kitchen (laughs) chairs oh yeah yeah no it was it was it's deliberate i for sure and i think it was um, deliberate because they were just like yeah he was an architect so we're gonna make the house look like an architect's house i thought that was a Mm -hmm. nice touch to um the character of richard yeah it's it it takes you down some interesting um, scenarios that you, I don't know about you guys, but I've put myself in a little bit where, you know, the scene when he, he picks up Uncle Charlie and Uncle Charlie is ex- really excited to go back to his mm-hmm. home with Richard and see India and he tells him, well, you know, you're going to go to New York and here's everything you need and I'm giving you the Jag that was Dad's. I know that was your favorite car of his and um, it's going to be great and and you are put in this scenario where you're you know you're thinking well he is family and shit that happened 20 years ago you know is it is it right to hold the sins of your brother against him for that long mm-hmm. yeah um you know he's grand- been in a mental hospital for yeah hopefully ho- long. hopefully he's better you know and maybe maybe he didn't give him the chance but maybe in those 20 years he's visited him and he knows that he's not any better you know it's very clear when he's getting mm-hmm. ready to leave, he he speaks with the woman in French, and she goes to give him a hug, and he he backs off. Yeah, backs off like a caged animal. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and and then sees makes eye contact with his brother and goes <laughs> and gives <laughs> a real sweet. I'm, know, em- embrace. I'm human. Yeah, yes, <laughs> this is how people react. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I I know 
there are times in your life when you may need to cast away the people that are the closest to you and it hurts the worst to be able to say that's that person's family but this is this is not only best for me but best for them and that's a really yeah. hard decision that's some real life shit that um that you know, is, kind of, yeah very real uh, yeah, yeah, so I mean that it, I, I like the complexity of that, and then on the complete other end of the spectrum, something that I don't think any of us will ever have to worry about is you know being erotically transfixed on the death of <laughs> my would-be attacker. Um, yeah, yeah that, that was scene, a that was a weird scene. I mean, I I it didn't pay off in any way though because it was just like so like she j- is just sexually attracted to murder is that like what we're supposed to get at i i think that the the point of it all and really the the plot of the whole movie from charlie's perspective is that when he comes back into her life or comes into her life for the first time his goal is to unlock the killer inside of her he wants to share the same blood as her as he know he knows that he already does but he wants he wants to unlock that so you know when he's watching at the school watching her uh you know, almost get into a fight or whatever. He's watching to see what her tendencies are and watching to see how she handles herself. And then yeah. when he puts her or when she's in that position, I don't know if you guys notice this, but right before she runs off and goes and meets up with whip, uh, she, <laughs> India sees, <laughs> India sees whip. her mother and uncle Charlie making out in the dining room. And, yeah. and she, but, but Charlie gropes, her mother's breast right yeah she sees it she makes eye contact with him he's he knows that she's seen it and then she runs off well when she gets with whip and they go off into the wilderness by themselves they're making out and india grabs whip's hand and guides it up to her her breast to be groped just like her mother was for her uncle so Uh instantly you think well she's kind of fantasizing about her uncle in this scenario which is weird as shit already yeah but but so Uncle Charlie is there to save the day, but he doesn't exactly save the day. He he takes Whip off, ties him up, and then he says, all right, India, have at it. Do what you want. And I think he wanted to see her kill him. Oh, I think he, I think okay. he was guiding her hand to say, you're in a safe place. I understand. Go ahead. Go ahead. He's right there. You know, yeah. he deserves it. You know, it's, 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 if a guy tries to rape you, you know, what other, what better scenario do you have to justify killing another person than someone who was literally willing to rape you right there in the wilderness and knows he would get away with it. So he was kind of trying to be a father figure to Indiana Jones, really. So (laughs) I completely understand. I, uh, that's, that's a good perspective. I didn't really catch on to. I, so what I thought was, wait, 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 hold on. So you're saying her name is Indiana Jones and her attacker, his name is whip. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we just added all... another layer, boys. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so I got out of it as that Indiana was she was going through her sexual awakening and because Charlie mentions that she is of age. And I know it's probably implied that she's of age to kill. But I think it's like also a double meaning, especially with the masturbation scene. Uh, this was her way of because she had the same thing. Like she didn't want to be touched. Like she like like didn't yeah. want to be hugged at all. So like her opening up sexually was definitely with the help of her uncle. And 
Those boulders yeah, I, were I, very I, round. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, by the way, the boulders are round. Yeah, yeah. they're spherical. I, guess, I just, I guess, I just couldn't tell what exactly she, what her inspiration for uh, pleasing herself in the shower was. Was it him? Was it the murder? Was it the act? Both. Or the stress of it all? Situation. Yeah, she, she's wound up. Yeah. Yeah, she's wound, wound up, up tight. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that um, there's there's parallels to India to Uncle Charlie throughout the whole movie. When uh, when yes. you see when you see the flashback where Charlie kills little Jonathan, oh uh, yeah, buries him, buries him alive, and then when Richard Rich. comes over to uh, Big Brother Richard comes over to see him, he's doing it's like snow angels on top of the sand. Oh yeah, yeah. She she does she, snow angels. She does on that the on the bed oh, when yeah. no one's around. Um, that was kind of. Now that I think about it, that was like a little like, well, she's just doing snow angels on the bed for no reason. Yeah. And she, then they show that flashback, and it's like. Yeah, she was she I was guess. no one. She was happy that no one was home. She's running around and she's getting into shit. She went up to go uh, like snoop okay. into Uncle Charlie's bag, and you know didn't really seem like she had a whole lot of remorse about it either. Yeah. Um, but um, and I'm sure that she's living a, in a house with a Nicole Kidman mother <laughs> was probably a little uh, stressful. I mean, she's also a sociopath. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's it's I think if she all if she had a sibling growing up, she also would have killed maybe. Him. Possibly. Um the, going back to the uh the aesthetic of this movie, um uh, visually and um uh audio wise, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Very ASMR. There was um Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of macro audio kind of stuff. But um in terms of like the color palette and um, some of the music on a Tim Burton scale. So t- <laughs> Tim Burton on, on a Tim Burton scale between one and 10, 10 being where ter- Tim Burton is now. <laughs> and I would put this movie at like a two on the Tim Burton scale because it is very, it seemed very um, like while it was mostly like, Oh, this is happening in reality, like in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some moments and some shots, especially the wider ones, where it's like, this is very uh, stylistic, and like the color of the walls and the house mm-hmm. were very. It's like a muted, muted tones, um, kind of like uh, Edward Scissorhands, um, kind of pastelly mm-hmm. uh, green walls, yeah. and um, some of the music was like a little like like jingly, almost fantastical. Um, but um, yeah, I would I put this on the Tim Burton uh, aesthetic scale of a two. <laughs> um, what'd you guys think about the uh, the piano duet scene, the first piano duet scene? That's when I thought was it was going to be supernatural hmm. because the guy seemingly disappears after it, like a vampire. Yeah, I think I think that's just a, a you could chalk that up to the editing style because there's a number of si- scenes where. Um, they're at the funeral and you see him talking to the guest and she's sitting at the uh, bottom of the steps of the stairs and then Mm -hmm. cut to he's at the top of the stairs and it all the guests are gone it's just him it's hours later yeah just snap snap to it okay Um, yeah that actually now that you mention it that makes sense i just pre-made the same connection too though because she's like did that even happen was he even ever there was there a duet or she's just just fantasizing yeah yeah which is entirely possible i i've seen this movie probably five or six times and um yeah I, i i like the visuals of it um 
and um, it's almost like a fairy tale. And if you're in, yeah, yeah, and if you're Tim in the mood Burton. for some good incest, there's <laughs> <laughs> um, actually no incest. <laughs> but yeah, she. Th- it's just start, stops just shy of it when he almost kisses her before the big climax. <clears throat> yeah, um, if you want incest, watch Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that that whole scene. When I think of this movie, I think of the piano duet scene. It's it's really well directed. It's really well written. Even though there's no right, there's no scenes, uh, dialogue to it. Yeah. But you don't yeah. you don't need any dialogue. When it's it's a testament to how well it's directed because the um, Chandler yeah. Park is really getting exactly what he wants out of the actors. Oh yeah. In, in the scene and and a credit to the actors too. You, you know they're he's Matthew Good is piercingly cold throughout the entire scene. Oh yeah. And he's his he's. He's direct and forceful towards her, uh-huh. guiding her to do exactly what he wants, while she's also just playing along on her own. There's not one word. There's a ton of emotion, and sh- you can see her completely giving into his dominance and um, feeling his presence. And he, she's just compl- like overtaken by it. Like she's almost yeah. almost uh, um, having an erotic reaction to it. And to to, um, to comment on that as well is when I was watching the performances of the actors, it seemed like they were evoking emotions like how you would imagine while you were reading a book. Mm. Like when I was watching it, I was like, there's specifically some Nicole Kidman scenes. I was like, this is kind of like how I would imagine it in my head. It would happen if I was reading this book. Mm. Like if Stoker was, a, I think Stoker would be a fantastic book. Probably. Uh, because you can go a little bit more deeper into the relationships between everyone. Mm-hmm. But as a movie, though, it, I was really blown away by how they didn't need much dialogue to have an impactful scene, like how you knew what was happening. Yeah, yeah. that's that's how I feel like I feel a lot of a lot of old boy was. You know, there is a lot of dialogue in old boy, but the main actors. Um, portrays uh, his emotions really well and this, this the scenarios that he's put into are, are mm-hmm. not traditional in the sense i don't think any, anyone uh who's within earshot of this podcast will ever have to deal with that <laughs> um, <laughs> if you guys are not familiar with old boy it's a good watch don't watch do not watch the remake the no. spike lee version? oh my god is this spike lee it is right? yeah spike lee directed josh brolin a, and uh weird samuel L. jackson lead Ugh. Such a weird director uh, to choose to direct that. I, I listen, Josh Brolin? Yeah, Why Josh, Josh Brolin. Oh my god, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> uh, so please yeah. don't don't go watch that. Go see the original. Um, any other thoughts you guys had on this? Um, the scene where I think the reveal of what of what Charlie, where Charlie was the whole time, I think uh, that was really well done. The way she finds out. Um, with the letters and then the with the, the letters and it's like at first the letters are like i'm in africa i'm in whatever you really country. start to believe like, oh, okay. it at first and then she's going up the stairs and then like from crawford's pennsylvania mm-hmm. the institute crawford institute pennsylvania yeah and it's like wait a minute what's the crawford institute <laughs> and they're all from the crawford institute how'd you and then how'd she, you feel about those letters joe they're very tolkien-esque to me the writing uh like the way they the, were written the, the what, font what? yeah the font oh um yeah i guess so i mean 
it was um i think the the whole that sequence of like her the letters being read Mm -hmm. aloud in his voice and like you see the writing Mm -hmm. on it Mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of cheese um but uh i think the reveal was nice yeah, I I, I thought as I was see, seeing the letters kind of get written, I was like, man, that'd be cool to get a handwritten letter on parchment with a sketch on the bottom from a distant relative uh-huh. from around the globe. That'd be pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I, I wonder, though, about his his stay. He, so he was in there for like 20 plus years. Yeah. And they looks like they made zero progress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you tag, know, it tag, wasn't. Tiger never changes his stripes, though. Right? It like it. It wasn't like, like 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 I said earlier. Like like it, it beginning of the movie right away. It's like, well, something's wrong with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't give you a moment, uh, at least a moment of like, oh, he seems normal and fine. Think think so. Think think to the scene when, when he's he's in the Range Rover with Richard and they're next to the river, and he he. he accepts the fact that he's not going to get to see India and he's going to uh, New York, he cranks up the crazy in that scene. Yeah, he regresses like good, significantly. Yeah, he does. A good four or five notches. Yeah. So that the normal parts, or the rest of the movie, that's it, his, that is his normal. <laughs> I guess, but I mean, he couldn't even pretend like he's a sociopath. No. <laughs> like... Uh, I mean that scene in the in the car where he's like, "What do you mean?" Like he's like he's becomes you like pity him yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he becomes he invent, he almost it's like, infantilized. It's almost like oh, you know, poor, poor guy. Yeah. He just wants to see India for whatever <laughs> creepy ass reason. Yeah. And um, but then you know immediately it gets you know goes back to oh back to uh, being a creepy Charlie serial killer Charlie. That's right. <laughs> And and I think that whole sequence with the flashback when you realize what he did to get into that mental institution, mm. um, I was like, well, this is super dark now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shit yeah. got real really quick. You know, it's almost like um, I think for this movie, if another movie to watch would be we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good pairing. Uh, another movie about a sociopath family member. Um, serial killer type and uh i think that yeah that would be a good movie to watch after this i got another movie to pair this up with it's uh 1956 it's called the bad seed and uh, you guys ever heard of that one uh no nope black and white it's a mother taking care of her young daughter and they're they're both kind of well off and the daughter is a killer and the mom doesn't want to accept the fact that she is Mm -hmm. and the mother's mother the grandmother was a killer as well so it skipped a generation, went to her daughter. Oh. Yeah. And it's, uh, there's some iconic, iconic scenes in that, in the haunting, uh, soundtrack. My mom showed that to me when I was younger and it still sticks <laughs> with me. Nice. 1956, the bad seed. If you can catch that one, uh, then the good little girl that plays Rhoda, Rhoda, the killer. She's, <laughs> Rhoda. she's also, yeah, she was also in, uh, the master. I don't, I don't know what part she was in, but I was looking up her IMDb she, earlier she and she's, she plays, mm-hmm. She plays Mildred Drummond, whoever the hell that is. Mildred Drummond. Yeah, the her, the actress's name is uh, Patty McCormick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, do you guys want to throw a rating on this? You got anything else you want to bring up? Uh, just one last thing is that there is a lot of continuous shots in this movie, and I really am... Like one takes? Yeah, just like a lot of one takes. 
specifically yeah. with the daughter being followed by Charlie. Mm-hmm. And it was at the, I guess, like the funeral party. I don't know what you, what do you call funeral parties? Awake. Awake. So, yeah, it was at the wake. Funeral, funeral party. Yeah. <laughs> That's a band. Hey, I want to invite you guys down to a funeral party. <laughs> house later. At the wake where um, she's, like, watching his every move and, like, there is definitely one scene where she like walks out of the house and she like walks around the watches him through the window. Yeah, watches him through the window and then walks around and then walks back into the house again. Go back I really love scene. scenes like that. I always think they're really well done, especially with how many extras were in that scene too. Like that was that, that was uh, definitely class masterclass film making. Yeah. She's uh, she, you can't discredit the weirdness of her too. I mean, it you you get a skewed version of it because she the movie's told told through her perspective. So you already instantly she gets a couple plus points from the audience. Yeah, for, you know, excusing the weirdness, but no doubt yeah. no, she is a weird kid. Yeah, I think yeah. uh, I think her character was really well written. Um, Definitely, because yeah, I, like I, I think it goes back to like because because her dad took her hunting the whole time, so her instincts are are pretty well uh, honed. <laughs> polished yeah, yeah well honed uh, hunting instincts um she can like anticipate things happening and she can react accordingly like with the pencil stabbing in the hand you know she has like no fear almost yeah um she's not intimidated at all by these uh beta male uh, jock <laughs> guys um beta cocks yeah so i think uh, everything kind of comes back to her hunting abilities um, that she, you know, hunted with her dad and was able to hone these skills. Um, and then um, the whole, uh, the, the the end of the movie, or near the end of the movie, when she, uh, when the mom is being strangled mm-hmm. um, by Charlie. At, at for a second, I was like, she's going to kill her mom. Yeah, that's what yes, I, I thought. thought. That's what, for sure. And, and then she kills Charlie which but then she goes after that she she becomes a she, oh, now she's a serial killer <laughs> yeah you know? she took his place which is ultimately what charlie wanted not, yeah. maybe not to take her place but to go alongside him yeah i guess so and then yeah the end of the movie was the beginning of the movie it's hey we've come full circle <laughs> it's a tarantino movie it's <laughs> um goes back to those shots um but you see what happened just before uh, stabbing a sheriff in the neck with some shears. Not <laughs> since Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Has the audience experienced such brutal neck trauma with garden shears? <laughs> Hot Fuzz, one of the best Halloween movies you could watch. <laughs> um, I, I do like at the very beginnings, touching on the full circle thing, She, she's the first introduction you have to the character, she's smiling, she's smirking. As yeah. you see her on the side of the road, you don't know she's on the side of the road, but she's giving her a little introduction about herself. Mm-hmm. And throughout the whole rest of the movie, the only other smiles that she has are um, forced on her from her mother. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It, you see at the end, she's she's happy. She's where she belongs. Happy being a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, and who knows how long that's going to last? I mean, <laughs> you can only kill so many sheriffs before <laughs> they catch up to you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. So. Uh, you guys want to throw a rating on this, Tyler? Uh, I would give this a four out of five. Uh, 
sweet. Definitely worth the rewatch. I was entertained the whole time. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like one of those movies where it's like, no matter where it's on, like, you're going to get hooked into it. Like, literally, at any part you're watching this movie, you're going to want to watch more of it. So it, it has yeah. a lot of rewatchability. And, uh, yeah. As long as you're in the mood for this sort of thing. <laughs> that, that day. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it's a very specific kind of mood movie. Mm-hmm. See, this would be a good movie to, like, pick up at a, like, at a fucking blockbuster. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a good like random find. Yeah, you're like oh, this is a Ch- Chadwick Park, huh? I like him. He's good. If only yeah. podcasts were in the blockbuster times. <laughs> blockbuster pick for the week. <laughs> <laughs> blockbuster find. Yeah, um, Joseph, how, what do you, how do you rate this? Um, I give this. I think I will give this movie a three mm-hmm. out of five. Um, I can't imagine myself watching it again. Um, I did enjoy it. It was very entertaining. I like the acting is good, cinematography, sound effects, uh, sound design, and um, but there was just a lot of stuff. I think uh, a lot of ideas that they just kind of scratched the surface of, and some ideas that didn't pan out like I thought they would. Um, so I wasn't disappointed. Well, maybe a little bit, but um, it's not a movie that I think I'll come back to and I won't not recommend this to somebody but I won't mm. I won't uh, go out of my way to recommend it um, it's a fine movie it's fine cool in my opinion and um, and it is it is entertaining and enjoyable um, and it has a nice it has a nice twist and it's nicely done um, I'm gonna say the the first time I watched this, I, I'd probably give it about a three and a half, and it bumped up to four the, after more viewings. Um, for me, um, I, I I'm eager to go see Handmaiden because I feel like this is a step on a path to a great filmmaker's um, you know catalog. Um, Old Boy was was rough and had some great ideas and some really intense scenes um, that paid off. And this this movie had explored some other, like you said, some really interesting concepts that didn't really fully develop. Um, I think on, upon rewatching, there was more ideas that really were there. It just kind of was you don't really paying attention until you get into the meat of it. Um, but I'm I mean I'm really excited to see what Chanwick Park does in the future, and his his catalog's already pretty intense. So mm-hmm. um, for me, it's a four star movie, and um, yeah, I'm glad you guys. I'm glad you guys found some entertainment out of it. I hope the audience did too. Oh yeah, it was. I, I definitely was entertained throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, so time for some wheel action, huh? The wheel, wheel of destiny. destiny. Wheel of destiny. What are you gonna you go. replace your movie with, Pete? Well, <clears throat> I'm gonna replace Stoker with a movie that's off my radar. I've never seen it, and I ventured to guess that neither of you guys have seen it either. So it's a bold statement. Pull this up. Make sure I, you know. I I don't know everything <laughs> that you have and have not seen. If you had to get, if you had to guess, I've had a guess. I'm say I'm going to say neither of you guys have seen this okay. movie. All right. From, this is from 1957, The Bridge on the River Kwai. I have seen this movie. You have? Oh, good. Not Sorry. a long time, but I have. Seen I it. have not. What makes you pick this movie? Is because of Veterans Day? Because <laughs> I was watching, I was, I was watching Doctor Zhivago, A Brief Encounter, and A Bridge on a River Kwai. 
a lean night. You guys never seen that movie, that video? Uh, no, <laughs> I can't. So it's classic, classic YouTube video of uh, called Unforgivable. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Unforgivable too. He's he's talking about what movies he wanted to watch. There's a he second one. Movie. Yeah, there's I think there's two or three. Oh, I've only um, seen the first one. No, it's 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 a uh, that was actually the first time I ever heard that the title of that movie was from that stupid YouTube video. <laughs> but um, the first time I then, heard about Bridge Over the Kwai was through Spaceballs, um, because the Dink Dinks are going Dink 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 Dink. I'm like, what is that song, Dad? And he's like, that's a song from Bridge Over the Kwai. I'm like, what's that? And then he rinse it. In. What what <laughs> movie is that in? Spaceballs. Oh, Spaceballs. Gotcha. The Dink Dinks. They're 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 singing the song in dink dink language. <laughs> the whistle the whistle song. Well, it's 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 in my blind spot. It's classic cinema. It's got a ninety five percent of Rotten Tomatoes, eight point one on IMDb, and uh, I feel like it's, I think it's in the, um, top, AFI's top one hundred movies of all time. Oh. I think it's I think it's up there. William Holden, Alec Guinness, um, which is funny because he was uh, original Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Jack, Jack Hawkins. Um, I don't think there's any other names in here that I really recognize. But um, and unfortunately for everyone listening, it's only streaming on Fubo. Those bastards. <laughs> so um, sorry Fubo. to do this to you guys. If we, if we land on it again, it might be one that we ha- may have to watch, or we can come over to my house um, and I have a copy. Nice of the movie. <clears throat> um, Physical right, copy. That's a negative ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so recapping what we have on the wheel for Joseph, we have the machinist and from beyond and his wild card pick is bad Lieutenant port of call, new Orleans. Tyler has Mr. America, the Blair witch project and escape from New York, which is his wild card pick. And I have, they look like people and the bridge on the river Kwai. So time to spin the wheel. Oh, I'm so excited. What is it going to be? Wheel of destiny. What is it going to be? What is it gonna be? And from beyond. Yeah. Hey, there we go. I have this on DVD. Oh, you do? Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, can you want to give us a quick recap of From Beyond, Joseph? Oh my gosh, I was not prepared for this. <laughs> right. I just I, wa- I watched it uh, a few weeks ago. Um, so it's a uh, movie <laughs> made oh, in nineteen eighty six. <laughs> directed by uh, Stuart Gordon, um, he did the Reanimator series, yes, yes, I yes. think. Um, this movie is gross. <laughs> it's uh, practical effects galore. Um, it's it's really great in that aspect. It's um, the plot synopsis is a group of scientists have developed a machine called the Resonator which allows whoever is within range to see beyond normal perceptible reality. Um, but it's almost like uh, almost like another dimension that when they act, turn this machine on, um, it kind of alters your, I don't want to say DNA, but it changes things and it changes. It basically is a, is a element of this machine that basically makes everyone hella horny. So they essentially <laughs> give them really? to. It's essentially a puberty machine. Then, no, it's, there's no kids <laughs> in this movie. Um, 
Wow, but yeah, that's funny. I didn't expect that. It's, it makes it yeah. pretty horny, huh? Um, the writers are H.P. Lovecraft, who wrote the short story. No uh, Brian Usna, who did... Um, uh, what did he do? He did uh, Bride of Reanimator. Oh, he wrote Bri- Bride of Reanimator. Um, he directed... He directed Society, which is another great movie. Um, but yeah, so from beyond is this, sci-fi. Is, anywhere? Uh, is it? Let's see. Uh, it's on Vudu. Oh, <laughs> Pluto. It's on Pluto. With ads, sweet. Yeah, you can rent it on Amazon, $4. Just from the uh, little bits that I'm seeing in this, like the thumbnails from the trailers, it looks uh gross <laughs> yeah it is it is it is gross um yeah, like but, uh, but it is it is a uh fun movie oh uh, well i don't know about fun it's actually not fun <laughs> <laughs> it's Sweet. actually it is gross it is very gross <laughs> um but it's good it's good uh good practical effects if you're really into that stuff hp um, lovecraft i'm looking forward to this yeah um all right, so for all your our fans out there who are on Facebook, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Send us an email, mcfcpodcast at gmail.com. We're still looking for any fan art, um, letters to the show, what you like, what you don't like, movie recommendations that you may want to have for us. This is the two-way street. Um, and uh, if you do send us an email, there's a good likelihood we will read it on air. So far, the only emails we have in our email box are confirmation of email from Pluto and Fubo that they received <laughs> our ticket and have not responded. <laughs> um, so next week, Joseph will lead the show, and we'll be reviewing from beyond. Watch it from now until then, and follow along with us. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later. See you later, dudes. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.